Contrary to what you may hear, the rainbow belongs to God. It is God's sign. I read this just this week. The true rainbow has seven different colors. The number seven is God's number. The rainbow is the result of pure light being reflected inside of rain droplets and then refracted out into the air. It is one of the most perfect masterpieces of God's creation and his promise to mankind. On the other hand, the rainbow culture or man's rainbow has six colors. The number six is the number of man and represents incompleteness and weakness. And to be clear, the combination of colors of the culture's rainbow is a manipulation of the rainbow's original intent. Man's rainbow represents pride. God's rainbow represents promise. Man's rainbow represents mayhem and confusion. God's rainbow represents mercy and grace. There's two things you need to, to know right here that's very important, is, and that is, number one, Satan always has a substitute for the genuine. He proves that with the mockery of God's rainbow. But you also need to know that Satan will always come up short in comparison to what God has. Hence, six colors in man's carnal and hellish rainbow versus seven colors in God's perfect rainbow. Man's rainbow today is the symbol of the LGBTQ community. You can write me off but this is truth that there ever is truth in our culture. Their agenda is from hell. And we must stand against this diabolical plot that is attempting to destroy our families. They are after your children and grandchildren. Last weekend, a pride parade happened here in our town, and scheduled was a drag queen reading to Pulaski's kids. Friend, that's infiltration. This past weekend, at a drag queen parade in New York City, 
the chant by hundreds of the attenders went like this. We're here, we're queer, and we're after your children. Friend, we're in a fight for our families. Praying about it. Preaching about it. Shouting about it. Inside these four walls is simply not enough. We have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I realize and I understand that what I'm sharing may offend some. But more importantly than saying something that impacts you is the reality that I will have to stand before God and give an account at the end of my days. And I refuse to do anything but declare the whole truth of God's Word. The last two weeks, I believe by divine providence, God works in ways I don't always understand. Terry Trammell come in here two weeks ago and really imparted a word of comfort and encouragement to broken people. Travis Gore come in here last week and helped us to wrestle, to navigate through the times that we wait and we wonder and we waver. And I just believe the Lord wants to encourage someone today again. And so we've talked about the country's colors and we've talked about man's cheapening of God's colors. So for the next few moments, I want to talk about the Word of God, the, the rainbow of God. And most importantly, the rainbow's timing. We stood for the flag, so I'm going to ask you to stand for the Bible. Hebrews chapter 4, I'm going to read one verse, and then we're going to pray. One verse, and that's verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. I want you to see that with your own eyes when you go to the throne of heaven. You find mercy and you find grace. If you don't have mercy and grace, you don't have anything. Father, I need you. I need your anointing. I need your spirit. I need your power. God, you know the burden that I have for many families in this room today. It seems for the last six months, the first six months of this year, there seems to have been one tragedy after another. And our hearts are heavy for the people of God today. But I know that you are the God of comfort, you're the God of strength. And I believe today that your word is going to impact the lives of your people, not because of me, 
but because your word is eternal, immutable, unchangeable, and it can do what no man can do. I thank you for the anointing that I so earnestly covet in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Rainbow's timing. It is indeed a beautiful and a breathtaking sight when you see a rainbow appear following a storm on a rainy day. Sometimes you just get just a, a small portion of the ark. Every once in a while, you get to see the full half circle. Brother Fred, I've actually taken pictures as I stood in front of my house as the rainbow was perfectly arced over my home in the picture. This beautiful creation of God, it has so much spiritual significance to those who are Christians, who are followers of Jesus. And I'll always, always love the rainbow, but I, I believe when the rainbow appears is equally significant for the child of God. You see, in the Bible, not in one, but in three different places, God's colors, God's rainbow appears. And today I want to talk for a few moments on the timing of when God's rainbow appears. First of all, and the one that we're, we know the, the most, the most obvious one is for Noah. God gave Noah and all of mankind a, a rainbow. But the rainbow came after the storm was over. If you've been a student of Scripture for any length of time, you know that in the book of Genesis, God commanded Noah to build an ark, even though to that moment there had only been mist to water the earth. But man was so wicked that God decided to judge the earth with a flood. The heavens were going to open like they had never opened before. The fountains of the deep were going to break open like they never had before. If you look in the New Testament, in the book of 1 Peter, you will read that while Noah was building the ark as he was commanded to, he was also preaching righteous living to the people. He was a preacher of righteousness. They laughed at him. They doubted him. They ridiculed him. Just this morning I thought, you know, Noah in the Old Testament could very well be likened to a, a forerunner of the Spirit in the New Testament. Because when Jesus sent the Spirit back, the Spirit of God was coming back, and when He was coming back, He was coming back to convince the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment that is to come. But can I tell you, just like they laughed at Noah... The world is laughing at the Holy Spirit today. Just as much as they scorn him, 
and doubted Noah as he swung the hammer with one hand and preached the gospel, the righteousness of God with the other, warning people of the wrath that was coming. They just ridiculed him. But he was obedient. He built the ark and he brought eight members of his family and two of every kind of animal into the ark. He brought in the clean and the unclean. He brought in the high and the low. He brought in the go and the slow. Every uh, species of animals he brought into the ark. The scripture says that once the door was closed, that for 40 days and 40 nights it rained from heavens and the fountains of the deep broke up. And the scripture says all of the land was covered with water. The highest mountain peaks were covered with water. Nowhere could man escape from the judgment of God with the exception of Noah and his wife, their three sons and their three wives that were safely within the ark. The Bible tells us that the, the waters prevailed upon the earth for 150 days. But I like what Genesis chapter 8 and verse 1 says. It says these words, this one phrase, and God remembered Noah. Oh, hallelujah. And in wrath, Lord, remember mercy. That's our prayer. We know that wrath is coming. But Lord, while wrath is on the way, Lord, we pray that you would have mercy upon our loved ones. And, in, and God remembered Noah while wrath was being poured out all across the world and people were dying left and right. The scripture says the covenant God remembered Noah. Might you imagine the fear and the anxiety within that ark as they simply trusted God to bring them through the storm. They made it through. And then the scripture says, after the storm, God gave them a precious promise. And this was the promise in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 11. Flesh will never be cut off by the waters of a flood. There shall never be a flood upon the earth again to destroy it. And to seal and to symbolize his promise, Genesis 9, 14 tells us, And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth, when a storm passes through from this moment forward, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. Let me tell you, every time you stop your car, every time you step out your front porch after a torrential downpour, and you look across and you see that beautiful ark, you're seeing Genesis 9, 14 fulfilled every single time. You behold the beauty of the ark that is in the sky. Let me just stop here and tell you a couple things. Friend, as God remembered Noah, God remembers you. God knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows that storm you find yourself in. And as he remembered Noah, he remembers you. As he did not forget Noah. He has not forgotten you. He's got the very hairs of your head numbered. He knows the steps that you take. Don't you think for one moment that the Lord has forgotten the situation you find yourself in? He is a faithful God. The second thing you need to know is that with every cloud, every storm comes a rainbow. Oh, you may not see it with your natural eye, but it is there, and it is there to remind you 
that God is a God of mercy and he will bring you his child through the storm and the storm will not destroy your confidence in him. Oh, is there anybody in the house today that can testify for a moment and talk about all, all the storms of my life that the Lord has brought me through and he has been faithful and I have come out on the other side because of the Lord's goodness and his grace and his mercy to me. Can somebody give the Lord praise? Filled with anxiety before the storm and during the storm. But after the storm, he receives the promise. And I'm sure that it brought such great peace and such great release to Noah's heart and to his family. And let me just stop here and say this because I know, I know for a fact several of you in this room have just come through one of the toughest seasons of your existence upon this earth. And, and you, you just need the reminder today that God will bring you through to the other side. Your pastor is burdened with you. Your pastor is burdened for you. But I am so comforted when I hear Jesus tell his disciples he said let us go to the other side knowing in his omnipotent and omniscient mind that when they set sail there was going to be a Eurocladon or a great storm that was going to meet them in the middle of the sea of Galilee but here's what I've come by to shout to you it don't forget his commission to the disciples when he said let us go to the other side there was no way no storm no power of creation or under the earth that was going to stop those disciples from getting to the other side. Oh, praise the wonderful name of the Lord. Oh, thank God he always brings us through the storms in our lives. Don't forget the commission to the other side. We will go. And when we arrive, a rainbow will arc across the sky reminding us we did make it. And we were not destroyed. So for Noah, and we, we know this by scripture that the rainbow came after the storm. But I look further in the Bible and I read that in another place for John the Revelator, the rainbow came before the storm. Let me explain. All of Revelation, the majority of Revelation rather, is, is talking about eschatological events or prophetic events in the future, end time events that are still yet to take place. Even though they were written 2,000 years ago, they're, they're on the verge of taking place today. And John would get this revelation. For Daniel in the Old Testament, he got a part of the prophecy and was told that it was going to be hidden. But when it came to John and Revelation in the final book of the Bible, the Lord gives him this panoramic view of what's going to happen, not only in heaven, but upon the earth. What would come to the conclusion as the worst time in humans' history? The storm of all storms. And you know what? It's still coming. The judgment of God is falling upon the whole world. The scripture calls it the time of Jacob's trouble. The scripture tells us it is the great tribulation. Listen very carefully. 
We're on a fast pace toward the final storm that's about to hit this world. Iniquity is waxing worse and worse. Men are loving themselves more and more than they ever have. Perversion is rampant everywhere in the globe. Natural disasters such as earthquakes and hurricanes and tornadoes are happening more and more frequently and are spreading out further geographically. There was a time we used to think that earthquakes only belonged on the West Coast, but how many of you know in the last 15 years we found out earthquakes happen on the East Coast as well? Tornadoes are happening. There's pandemics and tsunamis and wildfires and sinkholes and, and everybody's looking around and, and anybody that has a clue as to what's going on has to know that this is picking up. It's ramping up more than it ever has in prior history. And I know there's some and they may be sitting here today that you want to play your rationale, you want to play your political card and you want to play the, the global warming card, but I, I, I'm going to tell you, I choose rather to stand on the Bible platform that God is preparing this earth for its purging and for its redemption as earth groans toward its climactic end. Wars and rumors of wars, they abound as the scripture said they would as we try to navigate through tensions with Russia and China and North Korea and Iran. We always must keep our eyes upon the nation of Israel and what is happening in and to the nation of Israel as surrounding nations and people groups threaten to annihilate and remove the nation of Israel from the face of the earth. I want to stand flat-footed and say to you this morning and those that are watching online, we are at the end of the end. There's not one prophetic sign that has to happen before the church raptures out and the the Spirit of God departs from this world, and when the church raptures out and the Spirit of God departs through the church, then all of God's wrath breaks loose upon this earth. But I want to tell you, before the storm of all storms, God takes John to the throne room. Before stars fall from their sockets and burn up man, before the evil trinity deceives the world that has been left behind through the Antichrist and the beast and the false prophet. Before locust, the size of man, comes and stings and tortures mankind for five solid months. Before Armageddon, where there'll be so much bloodshed that blood will flow to the horse's bridle. Before it gets so bad that men and women and young people will scream for the rocks to fall on them, hoping that suicide is an escape from the wrath that is to come. Before all of that takes place, uh, John in John chapter 4 and verse 2, he said, immediately I was in the spirit and I saw the throne that was set in heaven. One sat upon the throne and he, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. Now watch this. The scripture says, and there was a rainbow round about the throne 
stone in sight like unto an emerald. What does that mean roundabout? That means there was a rainbow all the way around the throne of God. Students of prophecy, those that have studied the scripture know that Revelation 1 through 3, chapters 1 through 3 represents the church age, the age of the church. They also know that symbolically Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1 is symbolic of the rapture or the catching away of the church. Bottom line is this. God is about to pour out his judgment like never before. But before the global storm of all storms, God reminds John that he is still a God of mercy. Sinner friend, you listen to me today. Your hell on earth is about to be realized. You haven't seen suffering on this earth like what is about to take place. And so I say to you before the greatest storm man has ever known, lift up your eyes and look to the throne where God sits and understand that that rainbow that encircles the throne is a message to you that there is still another moment of mercy before the storm of God's wrath falls upon the earth. Hallelujah. The clock is still ticking, and it cannot be stopped, unbeliever. The backslider who has turned from the Lord, the hypocrite who is saying one thing but portraying another, look to the throne of mercy because there's a rainbow. (laughs) Find mercy to spare you. And grace to save you. Y'all in the house this morning? That's why I wanted you to see that in that one verse, the words mercy and grace. It is of his mercies we are not consumed. And by grace are you saved Through faith, not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God. I've given you another reason to appreciate the rainbow. For the next, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. The next time, the next time after a storm happens on this earth, when after the torrential rain is over and you look up and you see that ark, not only will you be reminded that God will never destroy the earth by flood, but you can also stop for a moment and say, I see there what's in the throne room of heaven and what's in the throne room of heaven is the mercy and the grace of God that has given me eternal life. Let me just stop here and ponder for a minute to the believer as well. Is there a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow? I thought only this side of heaven that we would see an arc of a rainbow, half a circle at, at best. Now, I ask the question, where's the, where's the other half of that rainbow? Because when, when you get to Revelation chapter 4, verse 2, you see a rainbow encircling the throne now now indulge me because i don't know 
I don't know when it says it encircles the throne, if it's one of these things, top to bottom, it goes under the throne and over the throne, or if it's a, a rainbow that encircles side to side, to the left, to the right, to the front, to the back. I don't know, but I'm telling you it's a complete rainbow because the Bible says it is. I saw this this week, and I know social media ain't, ain't always great. But you can't make this up. A pilot took this picture from 30,000 feet in the air. <laughs> I don't know if some of y'all, I saw that as soon as I saw it. I had to, I had to capture it. Instead of the cloud, could you envision God's throne right in the middle of that? <laughs> you see, when we see the arc of the rainbow here, just leave that up if you would. We're, we're reminded that the physical storm is over, that the tarantula rain has stopped. When we see the, the ark here, we're reminded that we won't physically be destroyed by a flood here. But when I look at that, I didn't think an image kind of like that. They, they said on the post that this can't be captured from the ground. This was captured at 30,000 feet from an airline pilot. <laughs> I got to thinking about that. I got to thinking about the day that I see that rainbow, whether it's like that or whether it's side to side around God's throne and I enter in. I've entered in so many times spiritually. I've entered in so many times emotionally. But one of these days I'm going to walk in physically. I'm going to walk in in my... By God, I felt that. I'm going to walk in, in my glorified body, and I'm going to fall down, and I'm going to worship my king, and I'm going to see that rainbow. And I had this truth given to me many years ago, and I thought, you know, maybe we'll see the other half when we get to glory. And while the Top half has told us here that the physical storm is over. Maybe when it's completed and we're in glory, we'll be reminded that the spiritual storms are over as well. Well, praise the Lord. No more physical storms. No more spiritual storms. All is at peace and it's all for eternity. Someone messaged me the other day. And they asked me what my favorite verse was. Many of you know this. I quote it often. It's, and I sign text and everything else with it. Psalms 27, 13. But the person also asked me what my wife's favorite verse was. Sandra's favorite verse. And it's very appropriate here today. Sandra's favorite verse is Revelation 21, 4. Listen to what it says. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. 
And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. When we arrive, we will have found, hold on, hold on, weary soldier. They that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. For Noah, the rainbow came after the storm. For John, the rainbow came before the storm of all ages. But there's one more place. God gave me this revelation many, many years ago. But for Ezekiel, the rainbow came during the storm. During the storm. Let me explain. The prophet Ezekiel had many visions while he was part of a remnant of Jews that were in 70 years of Babylonian captivity. 70 years. One day I was reading, and I noticed where he wrote the visions down in his book. And the visions he wrote down, he wrote them in the 30th year of the captivity. Five more years, he doesn't know it, but they would be roughly halfway through being in captivity in Babylon. At the 30th year, Ezekiel 126, listen to what it says. It tells us that he sees God's throne with the appearance of sapphire stone and a fiery color of amber all around the throne. How intense it was, how frightening it was. But verse 28 is what I want you to get in the, in the New International Version. He likened it to the appearance of the rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day. He and all of his people are in the 30th year of a 70-year captivity. you got to get this. The storm is not coming. The storm is here. The storm has not yet passed. Ezekiel's in the middle of it. How bad did it look? Brother Jerry, if Ezekiel looked back, he could only look back for 30 years. It's believed he was born in the captivity. So he can look back over the first 30 years of his life, and it's all been captivity. God had told him because they had abused the Sabbath, they would go into captivity. And so maybe, maybe he knows, maybe he doesn't know that there's still 40 more years before they can return to their homeland. Go back and rebuild the temple. Go back and rebuild the wall. He's at the 30-year mark. And at the 30-year mark, behind him, things look bleak. 
in front of him, things look hopeless. So what does he do? The same thing we must do. When things look bleak behind you and things look bleak in front of you, the obvious choice is to look up. I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence comes my help. He finds the throne room of God and he discovers there colors that look like a rainbow encircling the throne. I'm going to close in a few moments, but stay with me. This is very important. You're not like John here today. You don't need preparation in advance of a storm, maybe. Although there are some people that they get through one storm and they live in such fear and paranoia. Maybe you are that person that needs preparation because as long as you live on this earth, there's always going to be storms. Some of you can't enjoy the quality of life because you're always worried about the other shoe that's getting ready to drop. You live in fear and anxiety and paranoia. It's not God's will. You're not like Noah today. You don't need comfort after the storm is over. Some of you do. Not everyone, but some of you do. I know by the Spirit of God that there's people in this room that have just come through the most difficult time of their life and what they really need is a strong arm around their shoulder and somebody to reassure them that everything's going to be all right. Because you're the, you're the Noah in the house. Man, this storm has been brutal. It's zapped you of everything. And if someone could just put their arm around me. There are people, I dare say several of you, you're like Ezekiel. You're in the middle of the storm-tossed sea. And you need a revelation of the throne room of God. You need the mercy and the grace and the intervention of your Savior and your Deliverer right this moment. You look back and things look bad. You look ahead and there's nothing that indicates that things are going to improve. And you're trying to fix it on your own. And the Lord has brought your pastor by to just say, you know what? It's time to stop, plant your feet, and lift your eyes to the throne room where grace and mercy are handed out freely to you. And that's why Hebrews tells us, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Tony, if you'll come to the keys. True story. 
only survivor of a shipwreck. Everybody else has perished. He's washed up on an island. He cries out to God every day, and he scans the horizon for anyone that can help him. But no help seems to be forthcoming. He's exhausted. He's tired. One day he has enough strength. He needs to build him a shelter, so he builds himself a little hut. And then he goes off a few days later to hunt him some food in the, in the forestry on that remote, desolate island. He gets him some food, and he comes back, and he has found that his little hut that he had put so much into has, has caught on fire. How can it get any worse? The hut is completely destroyed. He falls down. His grief is unbearable. He says, I can't do this anymore. Exhaustion, he cries himself to sleep all through the night and the next day. A ship arrives and rescues him. He's blown away. His fortunes, his blessings have suddenly returned in such a magnificent way. His, his fortune was dreadful, but then in a moment time, a ship shows up and rescues him. And so he asked, how did you know I was here? He said, we saw your smoke signal. I've sat and wept with some of you folks over the last few months. may not seem like it now but I can't explain God I don't know why he takes one and leaves the other he didn't take the first one and leave the other and it may not seem this moment with the present difficulty that you're in the storm somehow that you're in right now be, may be very instrumental to your future happiness. It's hard to wrap your mind around that, isn't it? It's hard to comprehend that. You may be Noah, you may be John, you may be Ezekiel, you may be one or two, you may be all three. If you're drained today, you're weak today because of a storm you've just come through, I want you to get up here as quickly as you can. If you live in constant fear of the next storm and when the other shoe's going to drop, I want you to get up here as quickly as you can. Come on, don't hesitate. Maybe you're here today and you're in the middle of the storm. You're in the middle of it. It's bad everywhere you look. Get up here as quickly as you can. 
Even if you've been here in the altar, you've been riding the altar rails the last six months, the last three weeks, the last five weeks. Get up here quickly, quickly, quickly. There's lost people in here. Get up here quickly. You're backslidden if you're playing church, if you're, if you're not living for God. Get up here quickly before the storm of the ages hits this world. Find your peace with Christ. I know there are others in the room. I can't force you up here. But I'm telling you, you're missing out. You're missing out on God's strength and comfort. Because what he really wants you to do, what he really wants you to do is look up to the throne room today. What he really wants you to do is look up to the throne room today. Hallelujah. Come on, they're still coming. They're still coming. Compassionate, compassionate men and women. Still a few more coming. I need some compassionate men and women right now. Compassionate men and women right now that will not leave one soul up here without an arm around their shoulder to quickly move. Come on, quickly move, quickly move. Got the love of Christ in your heart. Don't let let these folks look up to the throne room by themselves. Come on. Come on. for you if you need prayer come on come on you're looking to the throne today you're looking to the throne today there's a rainbow that encircles it there's a rainbow that encircles it and I had says I have grace and mercy for you I have grace and mercy for you there you're not in a storm but I want you to stretch your hand this direction come on come on this is your family up here stretch your hand this direction pray God's mercy and grace to help them in their time of need go ahead Tony